So I'm wrapping up the mini-series, well, I'm doing a quick talk and then we're going over to a panel. So quick talk in my books is normally about 55 minutes, I'll do my best. It's just so crazy that I get to talk about dating. If you had to talk to any of my teen friends, okay, male or female, I would rate as the worst person, like ever, to give you dating advice and... And, and that was true, like right into my teen years, and then like through them and everything. And, and then I began kind of thinking about how my faith really worked in this space. And I've got to say, something really changed. And one or two relationships that were in that space, I remember one relationship coming to a close in a really godly way after... Nine months of dating and getting really close, even talking about whether we take it further into engagement and being so grateful to God for the sense of godliness that was completely wrapping the whole experience. My next relationship, I, uh, well, let me just say this. I'm not going to give you details on how to play the dating game, okay? I'm basically going to tell you what the field looks like that you play in and how not to score an own goal, Okay? So here's the football field. You want to play inside this space. That's my job tonight. I'm not going to teach you how to play the dating game. That's another whole conversation. But let me just say this to you, that my claim to fame eventually is that on the first date that I took Cindy on, she ended the date by saying, Craig, I am going to marry you. <laughs> to which I calmly said, what? What? <laughs> And, uh, but you can find out about that at another time. But the, the reality is, is that is so crazy far from where I was at a per, as a person and just understanding what it takes to actually love someone else. So if you will kind of humor me tonight, we're going to kind of talk about dating rules um, and, and you'll just work it out as we go. Then well-meant Christian answers about how do we go about dating, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, he, as far as we know, never went on a date, so that doesn't really help. Well, we, you know, let's just go to the Bible. Okay, so let's pull some Bible examples out, like let your father send the family servant to wait at a well to see who will water the camel. Um, maybe that needs to be adjusted because people smoke camels nowadays instead of driving them, but... Yeah, I don't know, you can send the guy from the garden services to the garage and see who fills up the car, and there you go, boom, you know, you sort it. Or guys, wait until someone uh, offers a reward of their daughter in marriage for a hundred foreskins, and you go and kill some people, okay? Girls, wait till a group of men have to stay over at work, and then you sneak in and you steal a blanket and you lie at the guy's feet, and that's a little bit of a you know, generous interpretation, and, uh, and then you can meet his distant relatives, and he can exchange a shoe uh, as a pledge for your dating process. Or, of course, you can just let God tell you, a little bit like Mary and Joseph. So, um, you know, an angel appeared and said, don't break up, marry the girl. And, uh, and so we kind of hope that, you know, somewhere, how many of you think that's a really great way to go about dating? It's a little tricky, isn't it? Um, you know, when did this go? Okay, I'll go to the Bible and, and get all the answers. Um, but I think people are trying to bypass growing up in their faith and in their human condition 
by trying to almost like hyper-spiritualize the thing, and I just want to bring you down to earth and kind of give you what love looks like and how that translates into ways in which you can date. Um, let me just knock one thing on the head quickly. There, there's a kind of popular teaching, it sounds very spiritual, only date someone when you know you're going to marry them. Uh, now, some people have genuinely had that experience from God even before they started dating, and that was just something that sometimes happens. But I think it's a major problem to turn that into a rule. And, 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 and the temptation to try and run there is to use your spirituality to avoid your humanity. Um, kissing, dating, goodbye, or whatever other definitions happens in some of the books and stuff that are out there, mm, they end up playing with words like courting and da-da-da. I'm not so sure that uh, it's there. Other things to say about dating is like it changes, okay? So they are... For example, in Bible times, there were arranged marriages. It seems other people fell in love sometimes, sometimes. And, and then there were other occasions where, for example, in cultures at different ways, there were different ways of kind of hanging out and, and connecting. And Tony Campolo, who's now um, a dinosaur, is, describes his teen years, for example, going to a dance. He's a sociologist. He's a theology guy. He's a philosopher. He's got a doctorate in philosophy, sociology, theology, and two other things, I forget. And, uh, and so he observes human behavior. And even as a teenager, he'd walk in, and, and, and the rules then were that, you know, girls kind of sat down on one side of the hall and boys over there. And then you, someone had to walk over and ask you to dance. And it was just a major exercise in rejection, an experience of rejection for a bunch, especially of girls, and torment of confidence for a bunch of guys because that was your dating experience in which the popular kids actually had a positive experience and nobody else actually got to connect. And so how do you create an environment in which you can really grow relationships and get to know people instead of parade them opposite each other in a room and hope that something works? Um, just a quick comment. Don't make your experience a rule for everybody else. You know, I keep telling that to Cindy. Um, another comment I'd just like to make is never let Cindy be your matchmaker. Um, I won't elaborate, but there are other people who know the wisdom of that. Um, one of the things is the desire to know that this thing's going to work out beforehand is just one of the reasons we want this divine download from heaven, you know, marry the girl or whatever it is. And we don't learn how to look at life and make good decisions. And so what you want to do is learn how to be honest with yourself and what's actually going on in terms of the dynamic of the relationship and learn how to make good decisions based on what you're discerning and connecting with the other person. We also don't want the pain of being rejected. So you, you're going to reach out. You want to know that God says this is going to work. And believe me, I, I'm not knocking something that I didn't get wrong myself. I honestly thought that God had said there was a relationship back in my distant past, long before I met Cindy, and I thought this was, this was it. Um, only to have to drag myself to her wedding, 
which was rather weird because at the end of the wedding, when she didn't know I was there, I'd snuck in the back. I went there like you go to a funeral to go and bury my heart and kind of come to terms with the fact that I need to grieve and let this thing go, well, let her go. Only for her to walk out the church, stand at the door with her new husband, everyone fire past, everyone fire past, and I was waiting for them all to go, waiting for them all to go. And eventually the people, you know, ushered me out the door. So I then had to stand in front of this girl. And when she saw me, she burst into tears and threw herself around my neck. I was really confused at that moment, and I greeted her husband while she was there, and then she said, I was so glad you came. <sighs> was very, very chaotic and confusing, I tell you. And the potential for self-deception when you try and over-spiritualize this thing, because I just wasn't honest. It's what I wanted, and I was putting words in God's mouth. Just think how much manipulation can go on when you insist that you've got to know up front that before you're even going to start exploring meaningful relationship. And I, I know I'm laying this down rather heavy, but you know, if an apparently very spiritual person, apparently, comes and tells you that you're supposed to tell, uh, marry them because you know, God says so, even though you haven't really got a meaningful relationship with them, Um, Can I just give you some pastoral advice? Tell them to get lost. Tell them to come and talk to me. I'd really love to have a conversation with them, or their pastor, or mentor, or whatever guru they're following who's giving them this advice. Um, And I'm not saying that sometimes this space isn't there, but they can just handle it a whole lot uh, with a whole lot more wisdom. And so James chapter 3 is actually what I'm going to pick up on and just pick out some principles that help us map a good game, okay? How to stay inside and not score an own goal. And eventually you'll learn out how to score some really great goals if you play as a team. So who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by a good life, their good life, by deeds done in the humility that come from wisdom. Sure, so much dating lacks humility, consideration of others, and wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, the relationship is loaded with jealousy, selfish ambition, it's all about me, don't boast about it, or even deny the truth about it. Such wisdom doesn't come from heaven. It's earthly, unspiritual, demonic, hectic. Hectic wasn't in the original. I've just added it in. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, so remember jealousy and selfishness, where those things are there, (laughs) you find disorder, chaos, and every evil practice. Then listen to this. The wisdom that comes from heaven. In other words, God does want to speak to you, including about your dating life is first of all pure, and it's peace-loving. It's deeply considerate and submissive. It's full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and real, a meaning sincere, authentic. 
Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So there's this sense of a selflessness and a humility and a deep consideration of others and a compassion for how other people experience the decisions we take that we want to cultivate. Today, people are talking about emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is not that you're just knowing your own heart, although that's a very good thing. Emotional intelligence is being concerned and aware of the emotional impact you have on other people so that you're able to read how your connecting to other people is actually being experienced. So how are we to do this thing? There's no exact one way. I don't think there's quick fix, but I do think there's a place that can be clearly marked that you can safely explore a really godly journey towards long-lasting relationships, even marriage. How do you give your dating life to God? Let's quickly talk about context. The reality is, is everyone's got a radar beeping. You know, they're on the lookout. Ding, 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 blip, 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 something's on the screen. And uh, so there's Josh before he met Shannon. You know, ding, 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 ding. Then he meets a woman, ding, 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 ding. And uh, then the fact that she's 94 and he doesn't like the color of a walker means ding, 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 ding. You're, you're meeting people all the time, and you've just got this search going. Now, the reality is, is so much gets edited out by your subconscious before you're even aware of it. So you're kind of going, okay, no, you know, so... There's Josh walking along, ding, 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 and there's a lovely girl, and he's thinking, oh, right age, right everything, and next thing a dude walks up, they kiss, hold hands, and walk off, and like, ding, 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 ding. And, and the reality of that awareness is just with us. One of the lessons of getting married is that you've got to learn consciously to turn the radar off. You can't keep walking around and uh, going ding, ding, and... And, and when it pings, you've got to recognize what that is. It's called temptation. Now, it's not sin, but you've got to recognize, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being triggered here. I'm being drawn here. Um, and, uh, and so the reality is that the search is real. And uh, while we're talking, and now I'm way out of my field of expertise, I had to consult some other experts around me. Um, on online dating, for example, you know, there wasn't even a line, let alone online, when I was dating. So, um, you know, swipe right, swipe left, whatever it is, Bumble, Tinder, um, and, uh, and, a, and a few other apps that maybe I shouldn't even mention. I'm not trying to send you there. Um, and, and in some ways, that may honestly narrow the search, you know, ding, 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 uh, you know, I don't know, it, it, it might do that for you. The problem with quite a lot of this, these dating apps and that kind of thing is the, the, the explicit link or else the implicit one that there's uh, a connection to hookup culture, that there's just overwhelmingly 
sexual expectations instead of personal connections. And if this does not lead you to a journey of discovery of a person and loving them for who they are, because we can see that there's jealousy and selfish ambition and insecurity and comparison going on, and, and that's just earthly, even the Bible says, demonic wisdom. So the danger of hookup culture is completely, you know, it's just a crazy thing. I was reading a stat when we were looking at some of this about two years ago, that 90% of the people who are getting involved in hookup culture with the full expectation of a sexual encounter or the possibility thereof are getting involved in hookup encounters Seeking, 90% of the people who are doing it are looking for a stable, long-term, faithful relationship. I mean, hello? You're, the means that you're looking for the thing is completely different. How do you hope to find a stable, long-term relationship when you're drifting between people? Not to mention uh, the whole sexual aspect of what sexual encounters do to you spiritually and potentially morally, and relationally in the long term. So i just got to acknowledge the search is real, but that kind of stuff, guys, just that's on a different playing field. You need to be really, really careful. So if you're searching, whichever way you're searching, because, I mean, granted, you don't have to go online with a hookup mentality. So, you know, it's not whether you're online or not. It's, it's what you're actually hoping. And if you're going to take advantage of somebody or your relationship with them without understanding how deeply godly you want this to be, and you're sexualizing the intent even from casual encounter on, guaranteed chaos, guaranteed confusion and failure, or what James 3 calls disorder and just about every kind of evil. So here we go, a couple of pointers. Number one, give your dating life to Jesus. Listen, he loves you so much. I promise you, it was the best decision I made. I mean, I was a complete disaster up until the time that I consciously sought to want him to be glorified through the way I loved everyone, including my dating life. I kind of had kept this separate because I wasn't sure I could trust him with it. You can. You can. You can desire to have the most godly dating life, and you can trust him on the road. Secondly, don't commit to someone that you know is going in a different direction to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 says, Don't be unequally yoked. You're, you're either at different levels or you're going in different directions. And I'm not talking, hopefully, about, about friendships or doing things together. I'm talking about coming into relationship uh, with romance exactly and so on. I can't remember exactly the time that this clarified for me even further. I was probably about 20 years old. When I made the decision, this is not a right or wrong thing. It was just something that I felt was, was wise for me to do was not to date someone who didn't feel some kind of call to full-time service in and of themselves. Now, even people who've gone into full-time service don't feel this, but that for me 
just seemed wise at the time because I really didn't expect to have a stable living environment. And in the first few years of our marriage, I, would, I was on the road traveling between churches and places and, and everything like that up to 100 nights a year. And if someone wasn't able to, if Cindy wasn't able to travel with me, that, that whole ministry thing would have just been a huge tension between us instead of something we actually got to enjoy together. And, and there were times in the four or five years in between that I was sorely tempted because, hey, ding, 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 you know. I was sorely tempted to go back on what seemed to me to be a God-directed decision. And, uh, and truly, that was just my own. I'm not saying somebody else needed to do that. But I am so glad I didn't. Because it's enabled my life to have a level of focus. And I'm just a kind of focused kind of person, and so it seemed wise. Next guideline, to stay in the thing and not score own goals, is... Don't date someone you know you wouldn't marry. Now, that's very different from saying only date someone you know you will marry. Think about it. Don't date someone you know you won't marry. It's called leading them on. Notice then there's still lots of room to pursue relationships, meet people, explore, get to know, and, and build a genuine connection where even if you're unsure about whether it will work out, but that's, yeah, it's, it's a contrast to the thing of kind of staying in relationship when you actually know this thing is doomed. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a chap, lovely chapter on love. And verse 7 says this, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And if I'm dating someone who I know I would never marry, I'm taking them on dates, I'm wanting a good kiss or whatever it is that your boundary is, and I'm, I'm expecting this from them, but I have no intention of marrying them. I am not protecting them. I'm not being trustworthy. I'm not honoring them. And if a relationship, as I begin to explore it and, and, and I discover it's not going to be permanent, then there needs to be the way to end that in a really godly way. So don't make promises you can't keep, and don't make declarations that simply aren't true. Keep your relationship real and honest. Um, and, you know, what starts to happen if, you, if you're in a relationship and you're not really sure how to end it, and, and you sense it needs to end, what we start doing is we start trying to put pressure on that person to become the kind of person we do want to date. We've realized we don't want to date this person, so we try and force them to change. It's deeply unkind. Or we begin to resent the other person, and we begin to act in ways that are hurtful. And it's a little bit like the two of us are in a cage, you know, defined by our relationship, and, and now we, it's like cage fighting. Until one of us is hurt so badly they break the cage open and run away. No, no, no. If you know it's not going to work, just, just end it lovingly, kindly, honestly, graciously. And take the hit yourself rather than put it on them. So true love protects and it trusts. Trust must be built on honesty. So 
keep the, the level of commitment at the level appropriate to what you can be deeply honest about. And love carries hope. And so if you don't have any hope for this relationship, then you definitely need to speak into that space and own up. Um, why do we lead people on? I don't know. Ego, reputation, sexual exploitation, avoid loneliness, make the person we actually like jealous. I mean, come on. Really? Do we, do we want to be in that space? But I think this idea of don't date someone you know you wouldn't marry and break in the relationship if you're exploring a relationship and you realize this isn't going anywhere because true love never fails. It always perseveres. And so no matter how far you are on the journey of getting to know someone, if it's time to let go, you really do need to find the courage to do that. One last question before we... Uh, Take a break, and, and that is simply this. So when are you ready to start dating? Any ideas? 13, 14, 9, 8, 7, 19. I mean, quite honestly, I don't think I was truly ready to start dating until I was 20, and I, I did, and caused a lot of chaos. But it, it's actually not age. When I look at this wisdom, then, comes from heaven. One thing that you realize is that it's not about the person. It's not about you. It's impartial. It's completely sincere. And so when I'm wanting to learn to love someone, so much of our dating when we're getting going is we're actually wondering, how does this make me look? Instead of who is the person that I am coming to love. And I don't think, I just think this is a helpful guideline. I don't think we're ready to explore dating as long as we're more worried about how we experience the dating instead of how loved our potential partner will feel. You see, when dating's still about me, it's not sincere. It's not real love. It's full of insecurity and what James 3 calls selfish ambition. <laughs> it's to make me look better, to make me feel a whole lot of better. And even if you kind of agree together, okay, well, let's just say, of course we know it's not going to work out. Heck, you know, we're 13, give me a break. Well, then, if you know it's not going to work out, be good friends. But don't look for the benefits. You know? You just don't need to add that at this stage if you really want this thing to work for you. Because the, the joy of dating well is really a great thing. You grow up tremendously. Wisdom can really, really come into your life and you can develop an honest compassion for others. But if you go into the dating experience and you're more worried about you than you are about them, then maybe you're not yet ready.